to church and other drugs. My name is Jay. My name is Jay. You're a liar. <laughs> You're a liar. That De- <laughs> bird's a liar. You remember Brian Fellows? No. Oh, dude. Um. Anyway, we have something much better than your stupid voice to play. That's Tracy Morgan, so you you watch your tone, sir. Yeah, we do have something better. We have a brief trailer for a new podcast called Face the Void from a congregation member, a Mr. Andy Dean Landhart. Andy! Um, it is a political and philosophical uh, discussion podcast, and let's just hear mm-hmm. the little uh, little trailer for it. Let's do that. In our exploration of what and why we believe what we do, including ideas from people of different creeds, codes, and backgrounds, we will agree, disagree, discuss, and grow. And together, we, we will face, face the, the void. void. Join us. In- Oop, and I replayed it twice, but good job, fellas. Um, yeah! Everybody, listen, it's... Um, not easy putting yourself out there starting a podcast so just go give them a listen go give them a subscribe uh it's called face the void you can find them on itunes is it out is it out yet Jeff? yes it is they so you can go and subscribe to it right this second right now right now we'll wait and we're back good job guys good job all right so this is the funniest thing that happened it was the scariest thing at first dude Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, my wife's looking at me because it's about her. So, oh shit. She go, I go, I go to bed earliest, and then she like stays up and does whatever the hell she does. Cause you're a little bitch, okay? Yeah, dude. Cause I got to support. I got kids to support, dude. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Um, so, I couldn't go to sleep, so I was gonna wake up and go. uh Take a little nightcap of some NyQuil, because since I stopped taking my night medicine, that's what that's how I go to bed if I can't. Don't give me that face. Don't judge me. I know what I'm doing. Do you? Okay. All right. Well, uh, this is not what this story is about, John. Okay, continue. We'll have that conversation later. Really? No. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I walk into her study, and... Mm-hmm. I see a lighter in her hand and it quickly goes out and she's got something in her hand. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what is crack, Dude, I swear to I, and I thought in my head, I thought I smelled something. I thought I saw a wisp of smoke and I was like, what are you doing? Like what's in your hand? And she was like, nothing. And I was like, no, seriously, like what's in your hand? And she was like, nothing. (laughs) And like, she like moved to put it down real quick. And I was like, seriously, like it, was that a lighter I just saw? And she's like, yeah, I couldn't see. And I was like, "This seriously, like, what the fuck? What is that? And it turns out, so she works at a cat rescue place. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so first of all, let's paint the picture of, like, where your head's at in this moment. I thought she was smoking your wife, weed. I thought she was smoking your weed. Your wife that you went to treatment with, who is also in recovery, you thought was smoking weed, which is a big fucking deal for us. Oh, yeah. And because it, it, it was exactly, I could tell she was hiding something. And right. I was like, oh, this, I was like, fuck, dude. Like, this is how, this is how it happened. Well, and, uh, okay, I'll come back to my, my question there, but go ahead. Um, turns out she was, she had gloves on and was inspecting the cat's poop to make sure they weren't sick. 
Uh, <laughs> poop inspecting. Poop specting. And she was like, I was just really embarrassed. I didn't want you to think I was weird. And she, she literally was like holding poo up to the light, like with a lighter, like looking for like discrepancies in the poo. <laughs> I've never been so relieved to find out my wife was handling cat poop. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. So question, and I'm sure that you've had this conversation with Kaylee because I've had this conversation with my wife. What yeah, happens if one of you go out? Um, it would be – it would depend on A, are you – was it a one-off? Are you out? How do you know if it's a one-off? Um, I guess you just have to watch. I mean you can kind of right. tell. Right, right, right. Um, it would range from – if you're going to continue to do it, you got to leave mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're ready to come back in, then we, then we like get you into detox, get you into rehab and start that okay. process. Um, if it's like a one off, then we just like address it and like, you know, make the steps to like, I would handle it pretty much like if a sponsee relapse type thing. Mm. Or, like, if someone in my, like, halfway house relapsed. Something to that effect. You know, you would just treat the, the relapse while also, like, protecting yourself. So, like, if if either of us felt, like, in danger, then we'd ask them to leave, like, in the, mm-hmm. in, in the interim. What about, right. What about y'all? Yeah, pretty much the same thing, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, that that's actually probably changed over different parts of our marriage because the different parts – either of us have gotten like pretty codependent, you know what I mean? So like, I think at some points would be like, wouldn't be able to ask them to leave. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. that That's what we said too. Cause it'd be like, <laughs> I, I want you to leave, but then I'd be afraid of what you're going to do if I'm not like watching you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just, anyway, at this point in time, my wife would kick me the fuck out. I know that. <laughs> I'd be like, thank God. Now I have a good reason. <laughs> no. And now I feel the need to justify the fucking NyQuil. So this is this is the deal. So I got off okay. my night medicine, which I was on for uh-huh. three years. Uh-huh. So I don't when I so the insomnia kicks off every now and then still. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to resort to taking my my night meds again because it since I've been so long off of it, it gives me like a crucial hangover in the morning, like of, uh, of drowsiness. Right. So I just right. notice if I take like a quarter cap of, of NyQuil, it just like, I think it's more like placebo effect. Have you tried melatonin? Yeah, it doesn't do it. Oh, that's nice. It doesn't okay. do it for me. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. good cat poo story. It was. It was yeah. good. That dude, oh, it really like, my, you can imagine like my, my heart like fucking dropped. Oh, I would have like, I was I like, holy shit. It. I would have so scared. Oh yeah. No, like that's a, that's one of the scariest things I think for couples that are both in recovery like that, that, yeah. What would you do? Yeah. Like, and to be confronted with that would be terrifying. I was like, here we go. But it was just cat shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, good old, good old cat dookie. And I will proud to report that our cats are fine and their poo is, healthy whatever that looks like um so i had this i had a a great encounter with this dude obviously uh still out there (laughs) use it okay uh i was working and Mm -hmm. on this dude's house well it turned Mm -hmm. out to be 
it's not my house. It's my, well, I just moved in here, man. This dude, all right, let me back up. This dude comes out of the house. He's got a, one of those ponytails that's got a, a braid in it every like six inches. It goes down to like his ass, you know what I'm saying? But it's in sections. Oh, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. about? Like real, like almost that, Renaissance yeah. fair trash. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got sun yeah. or no, he had sunglasses and like a um a derby cap on. Awesome. Or like an old taxi driver cap, whatever those Fantastic. are called. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was like, Hey poor, man, you poor boy poor boy hats. Yes. Anyway. Yes. And he was like, Hey man, you smoke? And I was like, and at first usually you assume people are talking about cigarettes, and he's like, and I'm not talking cigarettes. Yeah, yuck, 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 yuck. And I was like, no, man, uh, not anymore. He's like, well, do you mind? And I was like, not at all. And he was like, because if you were, I'd be worried you're the cops, man. You're not the cops, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And he was that kind of talker where he would like, weirdo. fucking weirdo, dude. And he was <laughs> blitzed on not on weed. But then it made me sad because it was like, yeah, I had to move in here because my wife divorced me, man. And I just moved in like yesterday. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer, man. So I was like, well, let me, you know, ask. When I finished my work, I was like, yeah, man. So how long were you married? And he was like, 10 years to the day. And I was like, Whoa. oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> but, dude, just hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, too. I was like, oh, that's really unfortunate. And he was like, but she doesn't know what's coming. She was Whoa. He like, <laughs> was like. She tried to attempted murder me, man. Except attempted. She tried to attempted murder him. Well, I think I misspoke that, but she, yeah, she <laughs> tried to murder it. me, man. Attempted murder. She hit me in the chest with a knife, right in the heart. Except instead of a knife, it was a lighter. What the fuck? Oh, that's what I said. I was like, uh, and, and so he was. He showed me, and he had a lighter in his hand, and he was like, she took this lighter. And held it palm side down and hit me in the chest, right in the sternum. That's where your arteries are, right? But what if that had been a knife? That's attempted murder. And I was like, no, it's not. It wasn't a knife. Like, what do you mean? What if it was a knife, dude? It was a lighter. And he was like, he was like, I'm totally going to get her for attempted murder, man. She can't just go around hitting people with lighters. Next time, it could be a knife. I was like, oh, okay, dude. See you later. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, man. We there's some live ones. Oh yeah. Um. Did you hear about? Did you watch True Blood? No. Oh fuck! You're missing out. Um. Well, one of the actors uh died right from a heart attack okay. or cardiac mm-hmm. arrest, and then it came out that he was going through alcohol withdrawals, trying to do it by himself, and that's, oh, that's what killed shit. him. Not nuts. He wasn't even fifty. That's the first question I asked Sponsy is like if they relapse and come back. I said, "How do you feel? Do we need to take you to detox?" Yeah, that's a real thing. Like that's yeah, a dude. real, real. Thing. The, the worst. Oh God, it was horrible. The 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 worst detox I've seen. Um. The absolute worst withdrawal i saw was this this he was like a like some crazy like millionaire he had like a gold digging like young wife like he was super old and his wife was super young and they brought him into the rehab i was at uh-huh. and he was so he was like lucid when he came in there and, okay and he was, it was benzos i bet huh no he just dude straight alcohol 
and really? as like as like the next day his his organs literally started shutting down because they didn't they weren't they didn't have alcohol and he started turning into a wet brain vegetative state oh my it was God. insane he would stand on the porch and just scream his dead mother's name like calling trying uh, to, it was fucking he would just that's terrifying it was dude he would just crap himself he couldn't hold anything oh, he couldn't man, like he, that's uh they had to move did he him. live i guess they had they're like look we can't like we're not equipped for this level of care right yeah and most places wouldn't be just alcohol dude and i was oh like, my gosh shit that's crazy seriously that's super... crazy um, word up Let's get to this interview. Let's do that. Um, the lovely Anna David. Come Anna on David. coming on my pleasure uh what part of california are you in i live in uh los angeles in hollywood oh nice. Oh, okay cool Very yeah but nice. i have uh my cousin teaches middle school in west hollywood i don't don't ask me the name of the school but he's out there being super hip and playing in experimental bands and stuff while he teaches middle school <laughs> I didn't even know there was a middle school in West Hollywood, so you just taught me something in our first 10 seconds of talking. There you go. There you go. I, I also yeah. could be totally – it could also not be in West Hollywood. It could be somewhere else. I know he lives in West Hollywood and teaches middle school, so I could be way off West too at the same time. But I'll tell you, West Hollywood is where you move. It's like you just moved to L.A. Like everybody, when they just moved to L.A., moves to West Hollywood. I did it. And yeah. then you kind of graduate. You kind of go to other <laughs> Well, I think Don- Donovan's been there for like five plus years, and I don't think he's ever graduated. So there's Okay, that. it's time. It's time for Donovan <laughs> to move on out of there. I just had a friend go to rehab in L.A. today, actually. He went back. There you go. Really? Well. Which one? Do you uh, know? Man, I don't. It's like a. I'm sh- I'm sure there are tons. I went in Huntington Beach, but he's oh. in. It's like he keeps going back to it. We tried to move my yeah. hair, get him sober, and it's like a, a like a phase program, like a six month place. I think they move you to an apartment yeah. eventually, and then they have an inpatient. I guess they just keep moving you back to inpatient if you keep relapsing. Yeah. But he mm-hmm. had he had to try out the uh, legal weed thing for himself after. <laughs> you know big thing here yeah, yeah. Did, I, did you say you went to treatment in huntington beach i did one of one of dozens oh yes. how many times did you go 18 dozens really Eight, 18 yeah yeah shut up i was a, did, a um, professional client wow <laughs> i went to treatment once it didn't stick yeah. and then this time around i just came back into um our 12-step fellowship so i didn't i i kind of skipped the the kumbaya yeah. session and jumped right into the rooms. 
Right. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's I, interesting because, yeah. No, go ahead. I was, I was, you know, very unwilling to do 12 step or go to meetings or anything like that. Um, and eventually I was willing to go to rehab and that's what sort of introduced me because I, I thought I hated meetings and then I went to rehab and group therapy and I kind of liked it and they sort of put you in a druggy buggy and took you to meetings and I was liking it before I remembered I was supposed to hate it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like you you went to a good one then at least. Well, a lot of them, oh, you mean because they took us to meetings? Yeah, not, yeah, I mean, I've been, yeah, yes, that's A, and the, the fact that you weren't like, I went to rehab and I absolutely hated that place. Yeah, but you know what? Don't you think it's so much about are you ready for it and less it about is. the rehab? Oh, yeah. And b- about perspective. Although Jed has some horror stories that I'm sure we don't want to With 18, but... you're going to have some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause yeah. I, I the, was... treatment, the treatment that I went to was in San Diego County in La Jolla, and it was incredible. I just wasn't ready, right? Like, right. I was an 18-year-old kid, and I wasn't ready to get sober yet. So Right. right. And I, I wasn't ready to do... I was really against the 12 steps at first too. Cause I, I, I was yeah. like, well, that's just a, I was just using this to like to bamboozle my parents cause they were super faith people. So I was like, they're just teaching this false cultish crap in there and da da da. So I, you know, tried all sorts of like behavior modification places and faith based places. And <laughs> one of them I'm pretty sure was borderline Scientology in Florida, but yeah, there's. <laughs> oh yeah, they've got a lot of those. Oh, they and they don't great. advertise them as Scientology either. I know. Yeah, yeah, that in um in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the the Narconon place there just got got sued for that very reason. Mm. It's a trip. So how did so you are? I didn't. All right, I'm gonna you know full confession here. I knew about your podcast and your work with After Party Chat, and then I was you know hitting the old wikipedia and i was like well she's vastly accomplished and qualified like let's i don't really know how to break into this um well i mean qualified as both a drug addict and a professional i will say i earned my stripes in both um (laughs) but um yeah i've been sober a really long time and in that time um you know you can accomplish a lot when you're not, yeah. you know, doing cocaine all night by yourself. For sure. So how long do you have? So yeah, I mean, I'll be uh, 17 years in November. Congratulations. Yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. Jay, I'll have nine years in January, and I will have three years in September. Yeah. And so yeah, just a little great. side note that our listeners know, but you may not know, Jed and I like started using together in middle school, high school. And so we've, and we've always just kept in touch. I just happened to get sober earlier. Yep. Oh, interesting. Then, Did you know he was like bottoming out? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to He'd yeah. call. Yeah. Jed would call me like every six months. Like, Hey, my crack dealer just robbed me and maced me. I need help. Oh. And then I wouldn't hear from him for six months. And then he's like, Hey, I'm in jail again. Yeah. I need help. And then, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it was like that a lot. Yep. He was. Uh, wow. What a nice story though. I know. It, it, now. It, now. It wasn't nice those years. I am no, sure. It, it wasn't. Yeah. It we wasn't. And we were not sure it was going to work out. I know I wasn't, but no, I was Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> So cool. So, so tell us yes, a little yeah, bit yeah. about how you got sober and like what all of that looked like 17 years ago. Yeah. Well, I um, let's see. I was uh, really into doing cocaine by myself, mm-hmm. 
And myself, I was having fun, even though I hadn't had fun in many, many years. I was like, I was extremely depressed. And I, you know, fancied myself a writer, but I really was just sitting there kind of, you know, hands in front of the keyboard. Uh, You know, I, you know, enough, you do enough Coke and, you know, you kind of can't move. And I was just snorting it. I mean, like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't putting it in any kind of crazy ways, but I would just like become immobilized almost and just feel like, oh. I'm too paranoid to like even get up to pee, like let alone like type into a keyboard. So I was just sitting there doing nothing for years (laughs) and I was extremely depressed (laughs) and I was extremely unwilling to uh, admit that my, I knew my problem was drugs, but I was unwilling to look at the solution, you Mm. know, Um, because I, I just didn't, you know what it's like. I didn't think it was possible to live without it. I, and, even though it was killing me. And, um, and eventually I just got so depressed that I was willing to be honest with my mom. And then I got into treatment and then I discovered that, that, uh, recovery was absolutely nothing like I expected it to be at all. all. So I, um, you know, and the reason that I do well, what's convenient is I'm a complete workaholic, so that makes you accomplish a lot of things. Yep. We're uh, I mean, so we are so similar. It's like really stupid. anyway. Oh yeah, that's y'all oh, yeah. too. Just, I, I'm a lazy pos, but y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make got three art. Years. You got plenty of time to become a workaholic. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like it was a big shock to me that underneath that, you know, that lazy. I, I mean, I wasn't even that lazy as an addict, but underneath that persona was this complete like you know, Tracy Flick in election that like number two pencils sharpened and just really, <laughs> really motivated. And, um, you know, and that's, and that's sort of how, how I channel. I mean, it truly is, you know, it doesn't, you know, I, I, I really am able to check out with work and I really love work. And so I was, you know, I, I started working in mag, I'd worked in magazines before I got sober, but I got fired yeah. a lot. And then, I started working magazines, and then I was writing for magazines, and then I got a book deal in 2004, and then I ended up publishing six books between 2004 and 2010, and then I, publishing really fell apart. I was making a great living, and I was doing a lot of on-air TV stuff, and that all kind of fell apart, too, at the same time, and so I ended up... um, sort of long story short, creating a website called After Party and selling that website and running that site for three years. So in that time, I built it up. Uh, it became a part of a site called Rehab Reviews. It you mm-hmm. know became the biggest recovery site. And then I, and, and I started a podcast uh, called Party Girl. I'm sorry, called After Party. And then when I left, I just left uh, about two months ago and I took to take a job as the editor in chief of In Recovery Magazine. So that's what I'm doing now. I switched my podcast. I just changed the name. It's now called Recover Girl, and um, and I'm editing this magazine. And I do a ton of other things. And one thing that I actually am very uh, obsessed with right now that I'm doing is I, I'm coaching writers. I have a a writing coaching program because a lot of people come to me who want to write books, and mm-hmm. um, 
it's hard for me to help them individually. And so I created a program where I take 10 people at a time. I walk them through. It's a six-month program. I walk them through how to do a book, how to create an online presence, how to write an essay, how to get it published, then how to write a book proposal. And then one of the 10 gets to meet with my lit agent in New York and a publisher. So so that's the thing I'm, I'm... I'm really passionate about right now. And, and a lot of my students end up being uh, people in recovery just because that's sort of, they hear about me and what I'm right. doing podcast or whatever it is. So yeah, mm-hmm. anybody who wants to know about that, it's at AnnaDavidCoaching.com. Cool. So. And we'll for sure have links in our show notes and all that stuff for you guys. Awesome. Oh yeah. How, yeah. How did you get into the, I saw the relationship stuff caught my eye because it was the last treatments that I went to kind of blew my mind because me and my girlfriend at the time checked in together. Well, I actually like snuck her in cause you're not allowed to check in as a couple. Right. So we kind of snuck her in <laughs> and, but I just blew it immediately. Cause I was like very blatant, like I know you. And so they were like, you know, they figured that out. And instead, right. instead of kicking us out, the head, um, of the treatment center was also like a marriage and therapy counselor. So they just decided to rewrite the program and just counsel us instead of splitting us up. Like we were living in different houses, but they just counseled us for months. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, we ended up getting married. So that was a very cool thing that worked out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like our sober, our sobriety dates are a week apart and it's been a, it's been a pretty cool story. And it was cool that their gamble on us paid off too. Um, yeah. So how did, which came first? Like, how did you get into the, I didn't even realize you're on Attack of the Show. That's pretty awesome. Uh, oh, did you used to watch it? I did. Yeah. I was a big, big G4 fan. Um, how did, how did that happen? I just ran into, um, you know, I was, a lot of the writing that I did when I first got sober, I wrote a story for Playboy about dating. And that story that came out in like 2003, I think. And it was a, it became a very big deal. It was option made into a reality show pilot. And I started getting asked to go on the Today Show and Fox News and sort of just give relationship advice as a, as a result of that, that story. And so, yeah, and G4, so I had a TV agent and and I was sort of, he was sort of fielding calls about this because as it turned out, I was, you know, I hadn't done TV, but I was very comfortable doing it, you know, and I always say Mm -hmm. this, everything I know how to do, every bit of success I have is a result, not just of my sobriety, but what I learned in 12 step, because that's where I learned to do public speaking. That's yeah. where I learned to, to write one day at a time. Um, it's where I've learned to do everything. And, and so I had got grown comfortable speaking in front of people just as a result of sharing and meetings. And so I was comfortable when this TV thing came along. And I just literally, they attacked the show, was revamping the show. They called me in to do a one-off and they liked me and they were like, well, why don't you just come back every week? And so I, I had this gig for three years where Olivia Munn and I answered so you know, people's relationship questions yeah it's so funny yesterday i ran into i don't know if you remember zach selwyn from the show but i ran into him at a party yesterday it was so fun um so yeah and so that was that was just sort of a, a gig that i had but but really what i was doing with all that relationship advice that I was giving is I was giving recovery advice. I was just not Mm, calling it that. I was just taking everything I was learning and talking about honesty and fear and everything else that, you know, we have to learn to value if we're going to stay serene and sober. 
So that's how, incredibly interesting. It is. It's um, what well, everyone. Yeah, I've always said, and everyone always says that you know the twelve steps would would do wonders on any like pluck one person out of the population. It, they would work on you mm-hmm. in some form or fashion. So yeah, how how soon after um becoming sober did you like start getting in front of a camera and like publishing and all that? That's a good question. It was about like. It was it was really soon. I would say it was about nine months. Um, and I felt like, yeah, I had a real like Cinderella beginning. I mean, I have to say like the beginning of my career getting sober, I just was like, oh, my God, you get sober and you get all the yeah. all the whatever they call it, cash and prizes. And, yeah. and you know, <laughs> life and career, much like sobriety uh, and recovery, you know, it's peaks and valleys. And so it had it didn't stay like that the whole time. I sort of just assumed I was on this upward trajectory and then publishing fell apart. G4 network went away. And, mm-hmm. you know, I sort of felt like I had to build myself up. But it was really, yeah, in the beginning, I just was like, wow, this sobriety stuff is magical. You get everything you want and more. And th- <laughs> I was just in that space for a while. Well, and, and I was going to say how, what, what was the trick to handling like, like success? Like that's, that's gotta be like a, that's every, you know, that's every addict's dream really is to be a center of attention. And that's like a crazy ego feeder and you've got all this stuff. And I, and I watched, like I was a big fan of Nick chef too. And oh yeah, you know, and not not saying he failed or anything, but you know, relapse happened yeah. after the initial uh, boom. So, what do you chalk up to surviving the storm, so to speak? You know what I'm saying? That's a really good question. But I mean, I let's be clear, I was never some like huge overnight success. Like my success has been very. Um, one slow step at a time. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I never, it's you. funny Zach and I had this conversation yesterday. We were talking about how he performed at something and he's like, and it was so amazing and yet nothing came of it. And I was like, well, that's the thing. It never works like that. It's just one day you look back and you go, Oh my God, I'm a New York times bestselling author of six books. It, it happened, you know, uh, sorry yeah, for the cliche one day. At time. Right. You know, and so, and I mean, even Nick who, you know, and he and I used to speak at colleges together and I used to edit his stories when I was at a site called The Fix. His was really overnight. I mean, his was like yeah, he had true. never done anything, and suddenly he was a hugely famous writer. I, I've been, for better or worse, never a hugely famous writer. Still could happen, but, you know, it's been very – I haven't had to worry so much about about that. Um, but I do think, you know, I struggle with ego just like – a lot of people, maybe more than some other people. And, and, and it is a thing. I, I will say um, I've had some very negative examples of what I don't want to be. Mm, and yeah. that helped a lot. There was somebody that I worked with who was so awful. And I, and I started to realize the better I got treated in work, you know, because especially doing TV, you get your ass kissed. Oh, I hope it's okay that I just oh, swore. Yeah, you know, you get kissed up to a little bit. And and the nicer people were, the more specially I was treated, the meaner I became. And I realized hmm. that that kind of thing was not good for someone like me. Yeah. You know, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean people should be mean. I, I, I at this point, I'm, I work with people who are really nice to me and really value what I do and treat me really well and value it. And But I've earned it. You know, right. so it doesn't go to mm-hmm. really, I don't think. 
Yeah. What's your um, what's your program habits like these days? Like, are you still super active or as far as like in um uh, twelve step? Twelve step. Yeah, I mean, I it comes and it, it wanes and ebbs mm-hmm. and flows. I happen to be in a pretty active phase right now because um, I just got a new sponsor and I just got a new sponsee and I really like them both. And I've had both throughout my, you know, I've had sponsors, obviously, and sponsees, but I haven't always liked them. Oh, yeah. And it makes Amen a to that. huge difference. <laughs> God, it makes a difference. It like, makes a I huge am... difference. Yeah, it does. And I've forgotten. And that makes me want to do the work. You know, my mm-hmm. current sponsor has me doing 10 steps every day. Yeah, Ooh. I am doing that. I like mean, written, I, the like written ten step. Written. Oh wow! Oh yeah. lord, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you when know, it's like it's clearing the path. You know, it's sort yeah, of like yeah. my brain gets so clouded with resent. I can gather resentments in two seconds. You know, mm-hmm. and my brain and it and it affects me. And so actually, you know, I don't do all the AA stuff because I'm some great person it's like i do it because i get uncomfortable very easily and it helps me yep you know oh yeah that's that's good too because i always the the stories that scare me the most are the 10 12 15 year sober people that just go back out and like that was it that was the last one and that's always like god like I know. And we've yeah. talked about it on this podcast. I had a, a super close friend from San Diego who went out after eight and a half years and died like just a uh, few months ago. And we see it, you know, we see it all the time. So opiates? was it opiates? You know, we don't know. I don't think they ever did a full autopsy on him, but it, he was ordering dope offline. And so it could have been any number of things. And he had yeah. been out. He'd only been out for like two months, three months, something like that and, and died. So, you know, because I will say, well, you know, long term sobriety gets can get real funky sometimes. Um, we are not immune to feeling worse than we did when we were using it just it passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it can be I've had some emotionally brutal times. How does oh, yeah. how is your um, alcoholism manifest these days? Like. Because <laughs> even even in three years, I've noticed things about myself that I'm like, oh, that's exactly why I shot dope. I hate this. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my alcoholism manifests itself all the time. Um, you know, it's it's. Um, I, I mean, mostly it's. I have a feeling that is not a positive feeling. And mm-hmm. then I have a reaction to that feeling. And then I convince myself that I've always felt this way and that it will never change, even though I have tons of evidence that that's not true. I mean, that's the main way my alcoholism manifests itself. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I am, you know, I am still somebody who doesn't love being in the moment. I love to escape the moment. And like I said, I do it through work. I do it through mm-hmm. exercise. I meditate and that's an escape for me. I mean, it's a great escape, but, um, and, and I do think almost all my escapes these days are very healthy, good ones, but it, I still am that person that, that, um, you know, really had trouble being just existing in the moment. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I guess that is yep. what it's yep. about is finding like positive escapes. I think one of my, my favorite quotes from like some interviewers asking uh, Tolkien, 
because they had like called the Lord of the Rings like escapist drivel or something, and he was like, <laughs> "What's wrong with someone in prison wanting to dream of the outside world?" And I was like, "Oof, oof." Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. But it's a good point too because I do think there is this misconception that we're gonna change. We change, but we don't change to the point that we're not gonna want to escape anymore. And I think that's very well said. What you said. It's like, yeah, we find healthy escapes. Yeah, and I, we, I certainly need a reprieve from myself, and that's what I find in those escapes. Right? Is like yeah. everything that I was that I was running from um, me when I was out doing drinking and doing dope. I, I can get away from in those escapes, which is phenomenal. But again, they're healthy today, right. most of the time. Right. I can right. I can definitely take work to an unhealthy extreme. Is is yeah, uh, as an example, but. Yeah, we. <laughs> How do you know you're taking it to an unhealthy extreme? <clears throat> this can be part of our relationship advice. <laughs> so, yeah, Jay brought up. He was like, "We should ask for relationship advice on on me and his working relationship." So, ah, because his work. <laughs> let me tell you, Anna, his work just gets in the way of this podcast so much sometimes. It does. It does. No, well, he, and it gets he in the way of yelled at me. Uh, <laughs> it gets in the way of what do you well. Do? So I oftentimes bite off more than I can chew, which is a problem, right? I think yeah. that I'm Superman. Um, and and the pro- the biggest problem, I think, is that most of the time I pull it all off. What do you, right. what do, you do is what she asked you. Oh, yeah. But oh, what, what do, do I do, do like for a living? Yeah. yeah. I'm, in, I'm in marketing. I'm in digital marketing. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I'm a, vi- I'm a vice president for an agency based in Manhattan. And then we have an, an office here, too. So I'm, I'm bouncing. I'm traveling a lot. Um, you know, we service a lot of clients and big projects and uh, quote unquote important clients and all that stuff. And so I'm on call all the time. Things change often. And, um, and I drop the ball, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it just happens. And, and I don't drop the ball with work. I drop the ball with other things in my life. Like, like what? Like my, like best, Jed. Like my best friend like that I me. do a podcast with. So was it so was it you getting mad at yourself then and filtering that onto me? Um that particular moment, maybe that maybe that was part of it. So let me paint the let yeah, me paint yeah. the picture for that. Paint right. So I I yeah, flew the boy fight. I was it, we did. We had a bro fight. I was <laughs> in I went to Manhattan, serviced a couple clients. I took the train to um uh, New Haven, Connecticut. I was in New Haven for a couple of days, just back to back to back to back meetings for like three days. I missed flights. I was up at 3.30 that morning to catch a new flight and I came back. It was just fucking crazy. Right. And then, um, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, I can't, I just can't podcast tonight. I can't. And this was like the third or fourth time that I'd pushed something in a row. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jed was like, all right, bro. Well, I get it, but this is getting frustrating. And then that's when eighth grade John came out. He's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? I don't know what to no, do. No, you, you said, well, yeah. fuck it then. Let's just not do it. Like, let's just quit the whole <laughs> and I, To which I was like, okay, okay, bud. We'll just talk when you've had some sleep. Like, Yeah, which was. This is how men and women are different. Like, my friends and I will have these things, but we will not laugh about it later. Like, it's a very really? serious uh conversation if we talk about it later that's funny. oh yeah we, you know, so i texted him like a couple hours later yeah once i had like right. got a shower i had gotten home and gotten a shower and like my kids were to sleep and like all that stuff and i said hey i totally get it 
yada, yada, yada. And, and we've kind of moved on um, for the most part. But it's interesting to me that, yeah, we do laugh about that stuff. Most yeah. Of yeah. Well, I can't. Well, it's I've always said once you've like been in any sort of like gutter drug situation, like everything else is kind of like, you know, not so bad if you really like as far as life goes like it's all kind of they're really you can you can laugh about basically everything and everything is just kind of silly if you really get out of yourself and look at the big picture and like okay like you're not shooting dope behind a dumpster like what's really so bad with your life right now nothing not at all like this is all just small potatoes it's true, but I do think also it's like alcoholics and addicts, like we can take our feelings. Like I said this the other day where it's not that I have such intense feelings. It's that I think they're so important. Oh, mm. man. You know, mm. you know it's like, so I funny. Just, I was yeah, listening. Yeah, you relate I, to that? Yo, yeah, 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 for sure. I'm, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I was listening yeah. to a speaker tape on the way to the office this morning from a gal in Southern California, and her thing has always been, I've known her for years, but feelings aren't facts. Right? Yeah. Just because I feel something doesn't make it reality. Yeah. And, and certainly the magnitude of that feeling is is not always reality. So I was, yeah. I was agreeing. Um, okay, you guys, I'm so glad we could work out your relationship because I totally have to run and I want to take credit <laughs> for, I know. for we, all the healing that just took place. We will, we will give you that credit. We will give you <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. You, you don't know what we would do without you. You have saved church and other drugs. Hurrah. I feel like I have. You have. You have. You have. Um, well, you guys are really charming, and it's not just the accent. So um, thank you for having me on here. You're yeah, welcome. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks coming for coming on. on. Appreciate hope, it. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, chat in the future. Yeah, that sounds great. Stay in touch, and I look forward to listening to this. Awesome. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll Take uh, care, send you, you a link over. Okay, that sounds All good. Right. Bye, you guys. Hey, right, bye. We really need to get down to like causes and conditions of our, you know, relationship problems. I know. I think. <laughs> Listen, if you would just if you would just do everything that I ask, we this we this relationship I swear would go. It's like you a don't lot. even listen to me. Uh, well, it's like you don't even listen anymore. Why would I listen to a screeching hyena? You heard me. You know what I'm saying? God, damn it! If you call me hyena <laughs> one more time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we could have so, had a better fake fight. I know. Whatever, man. What do you so, want to do? So, uh, Conor McGregor. Ooh. Can we talk about Conor McGregor for just a second? Sure. And how bad I want that suit that he wore. Oh, the fuck the you pinstripes. Con- the fuck you pinstripe. Yeah, that's pretty clever. Good lord, that's pretty clever. I want that suit so bad. 
And I can, it's actually they're they're gonna start selling them soon. But it's I was thinking about it today. I was like, when when exactly but would I wear a? That's a what I'm fucking... saying. You can't wear that to work, dude. Like, <laughs> when could there was no time that I could wear that? Like, no. where do I wear suits to work? To a boxing weddings, match you know, with Floyd Mayweather. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, that's like the only yeah, time. No, you should wear it to. Ch- no, you shouldn't wear it to church. That's. That would be incredible. Oh, yeah. I could wear I could wear it to my church and everybody'd think it was hilarious. But they would. But yeah. You know. I'm gonna spend a thousand dollars on a suit to go to house church in. No, I think not. So my yeah, boss's prediction is that he thinks it's all scripted and the fight's gonna end with Mayweather um it's gonna be a body shot that's gonna take him out, so that way like uh Connor doesn't have to say that he got like knocked out. I, and I, I, to which I replied, like, if it really does go down and it seems like it's scripted, it's gonna really bum me out. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it if that's if that's how it went down. So here's the thing: is like, yeah, we all know that Conor or that Floyd Mayweather is gonna win this fight, but Floyd Mayweather dances, dude. He's not like a big. He hasn't knocked out no, anybody. Conor long, McGregor. Long time. Conor is way bigger and way stronger. It's just yeah. But he's not even close to as fast. Well, like, not even. Uh, well, I, yeah, and Mayweather's just the best defensive boxer like in boxing history. Yeah, so, so it's it'll be, be an interesting. Fight. It, I think it'll go all four rounds. I really um, hope that Connor gets pissed and just throws a leg kick, and that's how it ends. <laughs> like, and then he just gets and, like, straight disqualified. Knocks him out. I think that'd, that'd be awesome. whole, like like Mike Tyson biting the ear style. He's just like, fuck oh, it, yeah, yeah. fuck it, windmill, and just kicks him, <laughs> <laughs> knocks him out, and then he just does like hands raised, like yeah. what mother, what motherfuckers? I told you not awesome. to come in my ring. That why did I go Jamaican? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's just move on. <laughs> oh, what a boy! Don't right by the Conor McGregor. <laughs> down by the beach boy um, uh, in other news i cried recently oh is that like the second time ever of uh, the last time i cried was when i watched a monster calls <laughs> <laughs> whatever man this, listen this is how my this is how, this is how my psyche works dude like a stupid little thing will like chip a hole in the dam that is my emotions and I will cry about like eight months worth of of things you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like when I was in rehab I was watching Transformers and when Bumblebee went down that was it I I shit you not like I was like my life is just like that and I'm on drugs and Bumblebee (laughs) you gotta get up man this is not fair you gotta fight man um, anyway, but this one was, was different. This was like serious. So I went to a worship team meeting and uh-huh. I brought my usual like cynicism, but it was just me, our pastor, my good buddy, Steven and, uh, our leader, Nikki, it's just the four of us. And okay. So I kind of brought up all like, I was like, look, I know I'm like super negative and I offer a lot of like things that I think are wrong with it and I don't offer many solutions and I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but it was something along the lines of how like I need to understand things before I can fully get behind it. And like this has been going on for a second and Steven just looked at me and was like, hey man, I really think this is like, he had like taken his glasses off and he was like, I really think this is like a spiritual thing. And, like, as soon as he said that, 
like for some reason like something welled up in me and i was like mm. what the fuck is this like like i could feel you know what i'm saying you could feel yeah. something i was oh, like yeah. oh jeez and he was like i think you you feel alone in this and i was like check and and mhm um said some other things basically just i don't remember exactly what he said but everything he said I was like that is spot on and i was like well let's just pray over it then and so they all just like stood up and prayed over me and like mm -hmm. I just like wept. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like super powerful and it was super awesome. And I was like, wow, well, I feel a lot better. Yeah. So what, what was that? Like, what, are, you know, what I, came out of it? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, me, I, I kind of buy into spiritual warfare. Oh, for sure. So do you think you were being attacked? Possibly. Possibly, okay. Possibly. Or, well, or, okay, I guess you could say... <sighs> yeah, either being attacked or, like, I guess the flip side of that is I was just stuck in a negative loop of thoughts that I guess mm -hmm. that was the catalyst to break me out. But I guess one could argue it's, like, you know... Sure. The same thing, but... Because I'd had, like, I don't know, for some reason I couldn't... I, I had this weird just in my head. I couldn't let go. I couldn't. I was. Just, I'm just super. I was super critiquing about just everything about my church and worship music and mm. what I've been doing and this is drivel and just being you know. And I didn't want to be like that. Was the thing. And I was like, I really right. like, kind of hate this and I don't. I don't get it. And it just. I don't know when I was praying and when I was crying. It like. You know, I saw like the the black you know when you close your eyes and you see all black mm -hmm. it kind of lightened up into like a weird gradient that kind of like started black and went brighter interesting and, like, and i just felt a lot like physically lighter i don't know okay could, and it could have just been from just straight up crying you know whatever i'm not gonna uh i won't say definitively like what happened but uh everything he said was dead on and i feel better okay and he really like it was good, and I, I told them I needed this. They really, like, kind of shut me down on some of my critiques of, like, worship music and shit and just really, like, kind of, like, uh, gave me some new perspectives on it about, like, the importance of it. And Okay. So yeah. can you give us one example? Um, I was talking about how it's kind of lame or it seems manipulative to – like are we just evoking emotional responses from people right right through which any kind of music could do right yeah correct you're right and they were like well check this out so you can't argue that people out there aren't having real experiences right and i was like no obviously not like there are some people mm -hmm. that uh, it's happened mm -hmm. with me before right and he was yeah. like we get the chance to facilitate an environment that brings people to that spot to where it's just them and God and they can have an experience. And he was like, what could really be more important than that? And I was like, <gasps> okay. Oh snap. Yeah. Oh, was, I, snap. Yeah, dude. I was like, well, you know, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> so where, where's the line drawn there though? So my question is, is like, so then we need, we should do like a big show and have all paid musicians, and full chorus arrangement and lights and cameras and a fog yeah. machine. 
Well, no. If, I if mean, that's luck- our if that's our aim. Well, right, luckily, then- but we're also they're not about any of that, and like none of and it, that's what like a lot of my critiques for it. I have to admit that like my church doesn't do so. I'm really just kind of making. Like, we don't have any of the songs that are just, like, you could substitute Jesus with my girlfriend or boyfriend, and they're just, like, these sappy love songs or whatever. Uh-huh. We don't really do any of that. and um, You know, we don't ever... I, I told him straight up, I was like, if you ever, if I ever see a fog machine, like, I, I quit the whole thing. <laughs> like, I'm gone. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no problem. That's funny. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just, it was just cool. I can... Okay. I, yeah. It's just good because I don't like, like, I like when people I respect um, chat my ass on some stuff in a in a loving way. Like, I think that's what that, it, it kind of showed me, like, what good community can do, I guess. Because that's really what I'm seeking a lot of the time is, is like, answers. And right. I get really tired of being up here with my own bullshit. Yeah. So I, what you're saying is you need people to chap your ass. That's the. That's I, what I'm pulling. Out of. I really do. I really do. Yeah, you do. I know you do. Are you? They do call you Carmex. Wasn't that your nickname in jail? And college, actually. <laughs> and at the frat. You didn't go to college. Uh, that's true. I went to JC. I went to junior college. JC. Don't... That's right. That's funny. Um. Well, listen. I want to go see Planet of the Apes. It's gonna be garbage. I hope. No, you, it's not, dude. I hope you get stale popcorn. Are you sm- Whoa, whoa! I hope you step on a Lego barefoot. That's fucked. Yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> we can play this game all night. <laughs> I hope your I phone you. dies at thirteen percent unexpectedly. I hope. I hope your headphones are too short. Ooh. I hope Ooh. your Ooh. peanut butter sandwich falls and lands peanut butter down. I don't need peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, Actually, yeah, we just... went through that. Damn. I hope uh, you stub your toe for the rest of your life. That's that's. I take twisted. that back. I'm sorry. Take it back. I would never wish that upon my worst take enemy. Take it back. I All do, right, I do hope... Planet of the Apes. What? I said go see Planet of the Apes. Okay, well, I hope the Except last games. little bit of, of pee-pee like, drips on your khaki pants. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> 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 uh, fuck you. <laughs>